0: source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the American Toffee podcast coming to you following Everton's 0-2 loss at Goodison Park to Newcastle United. Everton were gracious enough to hand Newcastle a win to end their 11-match winless streak. Carlo Ancelotti, with comments after the game, not too pleased. He said, "I, I am unhappy, of course. The performance was not good. The attitude was not good. The problem was that we found an opponent with more motivation than us and more spirit. If you don't support the quality you have with spirit, you lose the game. think that sums it up quite nicely ryan but uh over to you for your instant match reaction
0: well he probably didn't say half of what he wanted to say and that Mm. was we just played dumb uh my guess is that there's no way that was carlo's game plan on how to attack these guys but we insisted on doing about the dumbest thing you could possibly do against a team bunkering in that wants to play off the counter and uh, it had to be very frustrating for him Uh, he's a great man manager i'm sure he'll be able to reach out and get into these guys but um it was really disappointing. You know, it reminded me so much of the first time we played him, but more so the Southampton match where we just played right into what they wanted to do. I mean, it's just, we've just got too many guys in there still that just um just don't get it or they don't have the athleticism or they don't have the equality to, to get it well enough. And, and, you know, I don't know, that was my instant reaction. I don't know about you. It's a
1: frustrating morning. Extremely frustrating. One of those, uh, first of all, the early kickoff, which no one ever really looks forward to. but The guys in the West Coast love it. They love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and Everton certainly rewarded them today. I mean, it's just one of those games that makes you very frustrated and makes you wonder, what the heck are we doing here? Why are we waking up at this ungodly hour to watch this team disappoint us week in, week out? And there was just very little... past maybe the first 10 minutes that made you think we were ever going to create anything significant or ever going to score could have played for 24 more hours and probably would have ended still with a goose egg on the scoreboard it was that frustrating and all the more frustrating because I think you know with the lineup that came out it looked like Carlo really did want to play an offensive kind of oriented game and go at them and put them on the back foot and despite the lineup saying that the players didn't really come out with that attitude at all I think when you look at the lineup you immediately think wow that's strong enough
0: attack wise you know I think we're thrilled that Decoray was back in it's funny I I did have a couple little concerns about it um playing Coleman I thought was questionable if you're gonna have Sigurdsson in the middle then you know he's going to be not fleet of foot and you know, we might get exposed if we want to keep DeCorey up a little bit higher or allow him to attack. So if that's the case, maybe you want someone who's a better athlete over there that's more defensive minded. I, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> and you got to wonder kind of about the fitness of a Wobi too. That was a little bit concerning. But yeah, you look at this lineup and you think, all right, we're gonna have the ball a lot, we're gonna hold the ball a bit, we're gonna have tons of possession, we're gonna spread them out and cut them to pieces. You would think with the passing range of guys like Gilfie and and hamez and you know, the second it was named, I figured, yep well, he's going to be on the right and Hamas is going to be in the middle. I mean, that's, that's, I th- I don't know why people think that Hamas is going to play on the right in the four, three, three. He's not, he not typically has done that. I know he's done it with us, but I think that's because we didn't have the alternatives wide. You just thought we'd pick him apart better than that. And that's not how it played
1: out at all. No, it certainly didn't. Um, and it was a, I mean, I, I think you'd be remiss to talk about this game and not talk about Stuart Atwell, the referee, because I think, Early on, he really struggled to, uh, I think, assert control and get things in, at a reasonable uh, level of uh, physicality. And there were some ridiculous challenges thrown in. That I mean, Newcastle had two yellow cards within the first fifteen or so minutes, but there were they probably could have four or five. I mean, it was open season basically for Newcastle to just abuse our players. And he and that well, did very little about it. But to your point about the lineup, I mean, looking at it, it was on paper, again, a strong lineup. Mike, strong my 11. The strong 11. 11 yes. But the, the, the shape and the personnel, I mean, you basically bring in Gilfie Sigurdsson for, for Andre Gomez in theory and, and hope that they can do a similar job. But just anytime you have, ask Gilfie to sit deeper we've seen how that's gone awry far too many times. And I wasn't really expecting anything different. What I did think was that having Decore there and then having the three more potent attacking players in front of him, they'd be able to at least make something happen on the offensive side, even if we'd be a little exposed defensively on the counter, but you know, we were exposed on the counter, but we didn't have that offensive firepower. So it was like, what are, what exactly were we trying to achieve there? No, it was mind boggling. Really. Uh, We really
0: did nothing coherently. I think that's the problem. You know, we wanted to attack on the left. We constantly attacked on the left. 24% of the time we went to the right. I I just don't understand the logic there. I'm not looking at their lineup and saying, oh, wow, they're weak on the right. They're not. No more weaker than on the left side where they've got more of an attacking fullback. Now I know Steve Bruce has played him farther back. I don't get that. There was absolutely no balance whatsoever to the attack. And just looking at the tactical setup, I mean, you had Luca Dean playing out wider to the left, no problem with that, right? You've got Sheamus pushed up a little bit higher with the Wobey in theory tucking inside. That that might be a problem in and of itself, though, because Coleman clearly wants to play on the inside. He wants to make runs to the inside, taking through the half space. And that's what makes him kind of dangerous, unpredictable, and unique as a right back. But a wants to do the same thing. So maybe that right. doesn't make sense. And I, I, that's something to think about. Maybe that's part of where we went wrong. I, I you know, the other thing too, is if a is not healthy enough to get the touches. I mean, how many times at one point Dean had three times the amount of touches as Alex Awobi. I don't know if that makes sense. So if that's the case and he, I mean, is that because he's not healthy and then you sub him off, which was one of the most mind boggling subs ever. I can only assume that was done due to fitness. Maybe then he shouldn't played him there. I, I don't know, but it, it just didn't work. I mean, the, I think maybe we were surprised by Newcastle pressing us higher. I mean, should yeah. we, ha- should we have been?
1: No, because I think teams have very quickly found out or have now at least found out that, and, and actually, you know, I think Southampton did a good job of exposing this is that when we are pressed high, we really struggle to to break the press and, and do anything significant offensively. And so it's not Newcastle's MO, but clearly they were drilled and they, they had a game plan. And um, I think you have to, to in some sense, give Newcastle credit for taking a lot of our players out of the game, but there's no real excuse for why we should have such a lopsided attack. When, although you do want to get Richarlison and Dean involved, you've got Alex Iwobi who ended up with the fewest touches of any starter by some distance. Obviously he was subbed a little early, which we'll get into because that was bizarre, but he didn't really have a chance to impact the entire match. And when he's been one of our more (laughs) creative outlets, someone who can actually beat a man off the dribble, to not give him any kind of service was, I think, just a huge misstep.
0: It just killed the balance of the attack. And the other thing is, too, look, I mean, you could I, I keep hearing this crazy myth that he can't cross the ball. I agree. he Can't cross the ball from deep because he's really never played on the right side. I mean, so first of all, and he's not a fullback, so I don't know what you'd really expect from him. But but I will say this. I like the idea of him trying to break someone down on the dribble and having two right footers and Dominic Calvert-Lewin cutting towards him and Richarlison. I mean, I think that makes sense. He can beat someone off the dribble and give it to DeCore coming later in the box. Maybe Seamus disrupts that rhythm. I, I don't, I don't understand it that there's no, I just don't understand why there was such a lack of of balance in the attack. And it's not like Gomez can't play the ball there. Um, and it was interesting on Newcastle setup. up. Fraser was way high.
1: Very, yeah.
0: Floating around, basically. And Wilson was kind of running around looking for the ball and trying to play. And Frazier was trying to play the ball off him. Um, but it was very disappointing to me how, how difficult we did with some of those long balls. So even if we won it back and they pressured, we didn't break the pressure very cleanly at times. That was very frustrating and disappointing. But to me, that's not really where the game was lost. You know what I mean? They really didn't generate a lot of opportunities from those moments. I mean, yes, they disrupted our flow. Yes, and Stuart Atwell didn't help either because they were clearly tactically fouling and kicking James every time he got it. Oh, my what, God. What disappointed me the most, though, James, really truly, is once we did break the press a little bit, our inability to get the ball in a controlled fashion in the final third. Now, I know mm. you want to play fast and take advantage of people when they're not set up, but really, those guys were set. The better way to do it is have sustained possession, and what, we, what I saw us doing is – Quickly, as soon as we possibly could, getting it out to the left and having Luca Dean fire a long cross in the box. How many crosses did he have today? Nine. How many completed crosses did he have? Goose egg. Goose egg. Why do we think that is the proper way? This is why now we came out in the second half possessing the ball. But but that is the worst thing you can do against a team that's pulling everyone back. They're probably saying, thank God, here's another cross. I'm going to come, step up, win it. Bang, trigger the counter immediately. Frazier's out there in space. He's difficult to deal with in space. If you push Seamus all the way up. Yeah. I mean, Mina can do so much with him. You know, it's just, I don't understand it. There's no way Carlo could have set us up that way. I just think we made a lot of bad individual errors throughout the match, bad decision-making. And ultimately what it comes down to me is this. You can look at us and say, well, we had 61% possession. Well, that's lovely. You look at the action zones, 27% of that time of, of the whole game time was in the away third it says it all it says it all right so you have the ball the whole time never controlled and not sustained in a dangerous area
1: and that has been to your point about the just wasteful crosses that has been so much of the i think undercurrent or the themes of of our losses against teams that are at the bottom of the table teams that we should be beating is that we don't we don't look dangerous in the final third. And you've we've been able to kind of lean on this excuse. Well, we're missing some of our key personnel. Yeah. There's nowhere to hide for a lot of these players today. We are still missing Allen. We're missing some guys still, but we had our basically strongest offensive lineup, at least the front four, you would think, for what we can play at the moment. And they still struggled. And so it makes you wonder just what exactly has gone <clears throat> wrong and why. I mean, Dominic Calvert-Lewin feeding on scraps could barely get him the ball. He he didn't have – he had very little impact. And, you know, the part of the reason we played so well early in the season or we're getting results was his – our ability to get those crosses into the six-yard box and have him poach. He had no shot, no chances at that today. And it's just not a winning strategy. And then what? furthermore, when you have Rich Arlison still – struggling to make an impact from wide areas yeah um which some people i think on twitter pointed out and maybe suggested it it might make sense to bring him back as a striker when you have the guys who were scoring all your goals stop scoring goals no one else stepping up what do you expect it's kind of just what 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 inevitably is going to happen and if we can't get these guys involved and get them back firing. Uh, We can't rely on James to do absolutely everything. And it seemed like for large stretches of the game, that's exactly what we wanted to do is just hope that James can pick a pass, unlock the defense and maybe even score a goal. I don't understand it. You know, Uh,
0: I, I think at some point, and these personnel should have been good enough to do it. At some point, you've got to control the ball in dangerous areas for sustained amounts of time. I mean, possession, kicking the ball around back and forth between center backs is not valuable. So, so look, I I mean, yes, we're good on the counter. And yes, I have to admit some of these numbers are a byproduct of us playing back behind the ball a bit. We're 14th in touches in the final third in the Premier League. 14th, we're 11th in touches in the penalty area. That's not good enough. Honestly, you just cannot consistently create chances like that against a team like this. I mean, it's clear. And the thing is, I remember the first half against West Brom. Best, I think we've played all year attacking-wise. Now, Alon was there, and he's a very good possession player. So maybe that's part of it, because Gilfie is not—he's a terrible possession player, frankly. Um, the only guy worse last year, I think, in a possession standpoint, was Theo Walcott, and he's oh. playing for pennies at Southampton. Well, you get my point, though, and that's not their, yeah. their calling card, you know. And maybe, maybe that was not the right thing. <laughs> and I know I'm getting slated for this, but like a guy like Fabian Delph is also a very good possession player. He's out. Jpg has shown himself to be a good possession player, also out. And so I, maybe that was not Andre Gomes, I think is a good one, but he's been better off the bench kind of showing initiative. He saw a little bit of that today, but that's not good enough. 14th and touches in the final third, man. At some point when teams bunker in, we have to show the competency to possess the ball and create chances in the final third through sustained pressure. The best way to do that is spread them out. Look at the way man city attacks in the final third. Oh
1: my God. I, the, the, and that's exactly these constant
0: movement, constant yeah. ball movement and off the ball movement. Three V2s, two V2s out in wide spaces. The quality we have to serve the ball is there. Luka Dean is a phenomenal crosser. I don't want him at the 40 against Newcastle. Hoofing the ball in with a big, lovely, majestic curve, man. We don't need David Beckham right now. We need someone to get in and get to the touchline. Dominic calvert lewins value, yeah, he's good in the air, is also his movement in the box. He scored a lot of his goals, not even with his head. With his feet just through moments, movements and flick-ons. Alex Iwobi, we know, not a good crosser from deep. I want him at the touchline, man. He's good and dangerous, firing the ball low. Hamas, Rodriguez, and Gilfie Sigurdsson. Are you telling me they don't have the ability and the quality to switch play in the final third? I've seen Hamas ping passes over to Alex from 50 yards. We can move the ball side to side as well as anyone if we're playing the right personnel. And we didn't do it at all today. We played right into their hands, and we
1: deserve what we got. Yeah, we just looked very apprehensive. I think just, and I wonder how much you know the early fouling it seemed like it almost put us out of the game or frustrated us or made us kind of almost scared of Newcastle, which is really frightening to say. But as you mentioned, there are teams that seems like they're consistently able to just retain possession in the final third and move the ball around. And the defense is chasing shadows and there's nothing they can do. When we get in the final third, there just seems to be this, you want to have a sense of urgency, but it it's wasteful. It becomes wasteful when you just like, as soon as you get in, a position where you can cross it you ping it in even if there's no one in the box you know you want to make sure that you're being calculated and making the right decisions and we just weren't today and you know you talk about a guy like alex it will be luca dean but then you have again Seamus coleman trying to cut into the half space he's not a good cross with the ball mm-hmm. though he did try a couple times today and <clears throat> just such a frustrating match you know carlo mentions the spirit and the effort and we talked about the team defending to a man against lester midweek but today there were just a lot I, I don't think there was a single player who who played particularly well or, or did themselves any favors in terms of longevity in the side but then also i think one of the major problems is look at the bench that carlo named and <coughs> who do you bring on in a situation where you're chasing the game and you need a goal there's no one now and we'll talk about we've, we're now losing the only two of the only guys who are they're, they've been ineffective, but at least they're offensive substitutions you could make that might change the game. We have yeah, none think, of that now.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I you know, kind of going through the timeline, and it's probably not worth beating this one into the ground, of course, but um I, I agree, and that was apparent as in the timeline showed you. I don't think we I mean, I just don't I don't think I mean these are Premier League players. I don't I don't think they're scared of anyone. Like what's yeah. gonna happen? I mean that but but I think they were hesitant. So you gotta think about that. So if we're doing the wrong things. Is that on Carlo? Is that on the players? I I, I, I don't know, right? I, I mean, I know I'm not blaming Carlo necessarily. He's a proven coach, but the whole point of hiring a guy like that is, is not him anymore. So what is wrong? Like to me, some of that stuff seemed pretty fundamentally dumb play. I don't think that's Carlo. So what is no. going on? I, I just, I mean, I, I don't know, but to your point, to your point, getting in the timeline too, a little bit. I mean, Stuart Atlow, that's one of the worst officiated matches I've ever seen in my life. How can you not give John Joe Shelby a yellow for pulling him down by the collar? And and he took three fouls to give him his, his the yellow. He could have hurt a couple different people. I don't know if that had a physical impact on, on James. I, I saw at least two different instances where our guys either touched the ball or didn't touch the player. The Newcastle player came in with his studs up and whacked our guy. Gilfie got nailed twice like yeah. that. And the foul was on us. Only to give them a free kick. I mean, let's face it, Newcastle created very little from open play. I mean, they unnerved us and did damage to us on set pieces. And look, we don't have our two extra center backs in. so maybe we weren't as confident on set pieces. but it's still, it's still no excuse for our behavior in the first half. And then Lascelles left the game. So I'm thinking, right, this is an opportunity for us. How ridiculous is it that we go the first half, hoofing the thing, crossing it all over the darn place. Las- 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 Lascelles leaves the game. And then we try and play this controlled possession game, which you saw us in the final third, especially Andre Gomes just could not deliver when we had chances. Gilfie gets a yellow to unbelievable. Like, I mean, what do you say to that? It was just complete comedy. That being said, I I do think I do like how we came out in the second half. It looked like we had listened. We were a little more controlled. Yes. We were a bit, a little, a little bit methodical, but sometimes it takes a little time to build up possession and build back into the rhythm. But man, that, God, that sub was very
1: mind-boggling, wasn't it? God, it was. Yeah, to bring on to bring off Alex Awobi, and as we mentioned, he really it wasn't very influential, just from the fact that he didn't get on the ball very much, which is where he's o- om- almost the only time he's really impacting games is when he's on the ball. And to bring on yeah. Andre Gomez and then push Hamas like out wide. It just struck me as so bizarre, but I, I almost think it's a function of just the personality of available. You could, yeah. you could have put on Anthony Gordon, but who else do you really bring on as a substitute to, to change things up? I still think Hamas would have been more useful remaining centrally. I think it, it, to me, Ryan, I mean, you mentioned this, but the only thing that really makes sense is that Alex Iwobi isn't fully fit yet and really was never planned to play the full 90.
0: Yeah, Casey Jenkins, uh, CC underscore Jenkins on Twitter, uh, made that comment. Please explain why Iwobi will be of all people were taken off as a very green fan. I didn't understand it at all. He's one of our better dribblers guy who pushes the play forward. Yeah, I think he puts pressure on defenses. You know, I think that's what it is. And clearly there are a lot of people out of sync today. I mean, how many times do we have people basically run into each other? I mean, Dom and, Dom and Richarlison space wise, position wise. I mean, there were a couple times where Richarlison turned, played a ball through and Dom was like behind him. I was yeah. like, what what? That's that's I feel like Dom wasn't sent. Someone made that made that comment on Twitter. Just stay central. I think that was an issue. Maybe that was part of the reason why we didn't have as much space. Dom wasn't occupying the two center backs. Um, at one point, I mean you had mentioned what Andre and almost collided with uh who, who was it? Was it Hames? It was like what something like
1: there were the spacing was very weird to me. And it seemed like and actually the last couple of games, it does seem like Dom is coming short a lot more and going wide a lot more, which I mean, I guess at this point when you're not getting any touches, you got to do what you can do to, to get on the ball. But that's not where he impacts players no. because off the ball when he does his work is actually when he drags players out of position and frees up space for other guys. It makes himself more useful.
0: In the final third, I get a little bit of that if there's space between the lines and no one else is occupying it. But I, I don't think that's by design. If you have James in the middle, he's going to occupy the space in between the lines. So, no, he's got to stay there. You know, a couple of times you saw Richarlison farther up ahead of him which I'm not saying that's a terrible thing too, but it's not helpful when you're bringing the ball and switching it over attacking the left. I mean, how does that make any sense at all? Whatsoever. You got Richarlison and what the Y channel and Don right down the middle and you flip it over wide to, to Luca Dean who has no support. I, you know, and, and what do you want Gilfie to push up? Who's going to cover for him? I He knows he can't get back. So I don't know. It just, um it just didn't work. You know, I don't know what else to say really. I, I mean, there are two goals. I mean, the set piece it's goal. was a good header. It was,
1: good a, had it was a good header. Really near post he's probably shouldn't be open but at the same time that's a really tough finish nothing pickford could do about it so he can't really be the scapegoat today and then yeah. we were chasing the game and like seems like whenever we're chasing the game late we just become inevitably very exposed and the second i mean they could have had three wilson could have had a hat trick easily cuz he ends up hitting the post as well that almost put it to bed um but then he he finishes the third one and uh just the icing on a very crappy cake.
0: Did anyone play well? I mean, you know what I mean? Like I I, no. I, I mentioned Luca no. Dean's terrible zero for nine from crosses. He did have eight tackles. I mean, I can't argue that he was putting in a shift on defense, but what I've said, he played well.
1: No, I, I really can't pick out anyone. I think James would be someone you'd maybe credit just for the fact that the perseverance to be getting mugged. Yeah. The way he was targeted the way he was and still, the bravery to still drop deep and receive the ball and try to influence things. And again, if, if anyone was going to make anything happen today for us, it was obviously going to be Hamas because it didn't seem like anyone else was really at the races.
0: He works. I mean, Richarlison had a couple opportunities. He probably didn't play quite as bad as we think he did. I think it was more yeah. of a chemistry issue uh, to Corey. The Corey deserves some credit. I mia mean, two key passes. I mean, his passing rate, he actually took care of the ball very well. Um, Won a couple balls in the air, two, three aerials. Yeah. Two key passes. Um, and for the most part, he didn't get rid of the ball. He was only he wasn't dispossessed. He had one bad touch. I mean, he he probably out of all the guys did the best. I mean, really. I I don't know what to say. You know, Hamas was fouled so many times it was really hard for him to get totally in a rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, but at least he was keeping the ball to some extent. And he was about the only person that looked dangerous. I mean, I don't know if people were surprised that he got stuck in a couple times. I don't know why you would be. Um, but he does work off the ball and with it. Um and I, I just, you know, it's funny. We were okay DeCory was four or five from long balls too. I mean, I think ultimately it's not wrong to look at it this way to say, okay, we weren't good. Who had all the touches? If you can't break people down, who had all the touches? Luca Dean had a hundred touches far and away the most on the team. I mean, you know, he, he put in a shift defensively, so I can't be too critical, but some of his decision-making really, really hurt us. Um, Gilfie 72 touches with the ball. What did he do with those?
1: Very, very little. I mean, Hamas had 77. So you're looking at those three guys kind of leading the team. I mean, he was I occupied at least, you know, when he gets it, people are going after him. Exactly. And and he draws a lot of attention when he's on the ball. Yeah. Everyone seems very content to just let Gilfie Sigurdsson to whatever he wants from deep. No one's really pressuring him. And then off the ball, it was just a nightmare. It really was. And you look at the, the XG from this match. We had 1.09 according to the xg philosophy newcastle 2.02 per xg philosophy only the second time this season newcastle have accumulated more than two xg and ryan the other time they did that supposedly again xg varies (laughs) supposedly right you would think was was against everton the other loss against newcastle this season so yay it's just an embarrassing type of statistic. Moment. They actually played pretty well against Leeds. Uh, I'll give them a little credit
0: yeah. for that. I think why uh, scout and step have them over just slightly over two, but no, your point is the point is the same. I mean, how do you give up that many chances against these guys?
1: This is a bad team, Ryan They hadn't <clears throat> won in 11 games. They've lost cup ties to, to lower league sides. They're getting battered by, and they, we just let them walk into Goodison. And
0: I think part of the issue is, you know, you saw a little bit of a high pressure type, uh ideas behind us which i think is the right thing to do to pin them in a little bit but i mean gilfie Sigurdsson is exposed there you know james is not the quickest um so that's fine i, I don't understand i don't know what would have changed things you know a better athlete at right back maybe that could contain frazier the whole match um like dom and i don't understand the reluctance of playing uh, Godfrey at center defensive mid And we clearly are missing someone there as a decent athlete who's defensively responsible. I just, would he not have been a better choice than Gilfie? I'm sure someone would say, well, then we would, you know, wouldn't have the ball as much. I mean, what did we do with the ball? Now we couldn't have been much worse in possession. I don't know. Uh, There were a lot of good comments though, that I think are probably worth going through. Um, Let's start off with my brethren at DC Toffees. The match is best summed up by James pelting Richarlison in the face with a pass.
1: Yes. I think that sums it up quite nicely. That was a, a bizarre play. And the way Richarlison like went down, it almost seemed like he tried to like flop, but that was like, he obviously got pegged in the, in the face. And there was a couple other, uh, Yeri Mina early on got hit uh, in the nose and seemed to be kind of hurt. Um, but that was just one of those shoot yourself in the face, literally with the ball. And uh, I think we hurt ourselves probably more than, newcastle heard us today but we also had gary john shaw uh, at shaw eight eight six four said they deserved it faster fitter more aggressive same as lester midweek when we got away with a point we were poor that's interesting faster fitter and more aggressive faster
0: i mean how is it that john joe shelby have, well but he, but he's right to a certain extent i mean almiron is a yeah. jet frazier yes. is quick lewis can run a little bit too i mean st maximum i mean you know, the Gucci headband slows him down a little bit, but other than that, I mean, he, he, these guys are pretty good athletes. We really don't have that guy. If you don't have faith in Gordon to come off the bench and really impact the game against tired legs, really run at people. Um, and it's something we, we, we need to look at. So I, I think Gary, Gary's got a good point there. Certainly more aggressive though. And that's no excuse. Um, Alan Brody, Brody in Maryland in MD, another brethren. We were overdue for an Everton that performance sigh you know i know i know two lackluster performances need to get that out of our system with three big games coming up the the only thing i will say is now alan's pretty level-headed i think guy um to give us a hard time (laughs) he does but but he's also fair in terms of he's not overly pessimistic and uh look it's a different team with alan coming in it'd be interesting to see what happens if jpg starts training you know it sounds like he is next week could he be a viable option at least late in the match to really kind of put on that defensive player um I don't know. Um, but, and look, the window is still left, and we may have some outs. We'll get to that in a second. So that might provide some opportunity to bring someone in in loan or two. Um, Jaden Sherman at Jaden Sherman. God would not have seen that coming. Um, we have no plan when it comes to the final third. We get up there and just chuck meaningless balls into the box with no intentions. Just terrible. Not one exclamation point, two. Can't believe I woke up at 7.30 a.m. for this. Evertonians in California are like, try 4.30, buddy. (laughs) We need to be better. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we covered that, I think, extensively. You know, it's the final third stuff. And, you know, the thing is, the the lack of touches there is also an indication of effectiveness, too, because if you're going to control the game, you're going to get a lot of touches in there as well to try and break them apart, you know. Um, And then, you know, Alex Washburn, too reliant on James to create his own.
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty astute. We also had Benjamin JEDW. The Geordies deserve to win. Fully respect what they did today. However, when will we stop randomly making piss-poor teams look like Barcelona in their prime? I'm at a loss for words. I would not look forward to making a pod about that match. (laughs) Feeling sorry for James and Ryan. Well, we appreciate that, Ben. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I think you're right that that Newcastle deserved to win just at face value the way that the game Shook out. I disagree that they looked like Barcelona in their prime. <laughs> Maybe looked like uh, a Jose Mourinho team in their prime, snatching one. Bolton in one on the break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, they uh, played well, though. I mean, in all honesty. I mean, they were at a lot of second balls. Yeah, sure. They had
1: a good strategy and they
0: executed it really well. There were times where they were pretty sharp. You know what I mean? They were pretty decisive in some of their play. And and they used guys to their strength. I mean, Almiron running around um, with his speed and pace. I feel like they had him shaded over. To the right a lot against guys. I mean, he was sitting over right where Siggy would have been. I mean, that was a smart thing to do. I mean, look at what Lester did. They moved Telemans over to the right side. They brought Under over to that side as well too, and vacated and took the space that Andre Gomes could not fill. I mean, people look if you got one weak link without the ball, and since we didn't keep the ball very well, I mean, people, teams are going to exploit it if they execute the game plan well. And I thought they did okay in that regard.
1: The problem I have with that is like, yes. Newcastle played well but it's been there's been far too many matches over yeah. the last several seasons where these teams aren't playing well and all of a sudden they play us and they're playing well and we let them play well the only the only common denominator there is that Everton show up and say all right you guys want to you guys are in a slump. All right, well, well, we'll let you have some points here if you're if you're interested. And, you know, it happened against West Ham. It's happened countless times in the past. And it will happen again because i think it ultimately just comes down to the team mentality not having that cutthroat attitude week in week out match after match and that's changing i think it's we've seen less of it with carlo at the helm but as we've said so many times in the past it's never going to change overnight and i think we're in the process moving on some of these guys and uh you said it's it just, yeah we're
0: in transition and that's why owen parks one two three owen I love you, brother. This is a really good comment and a really important one. Question Should we continue to be a low possession, low press team against teams to get results against everyone? Whoa, that's a heavy comment. What I mean is look, Carlo felt compelled to play four center backs to still to stabilize the defense. I mean, why would you have to do that if you're a top flight team? Right. I mean, to me, that's a massive indictment of the midfield. Now, again, it was it was in response to obviously injuries you know and alan not being there and and delf being hurt and and i know everyone's gonna bag on me for that but i'm sorry baby delf has been fine when he's been in there and he is a different type of player he takes care of the ball and he's responsible um and jpg i well yeah i mean i get it but i mean he was actually the only one that played decently well against newcastle last time but owen's got a really good point we're in transition here you know and and maybe carlo should have been a little more pragmatic to say look if i want to play these guys and press higher And be more aggressive and go after him. Is Guilfrey Sigurdsson my center mid? Is Seamus Coleman my right back? Should he not maybe said, you know what? I need an athlete in the middle than Ben Godfrey. I need an athlete, a better athlete in right back. Mason Holgate. You know, sometimes if you're going to play that way, it's better to do it with good athletes. Maybe you don't quite have the skill. um, But did we not have enough skill? I, I miss Seamus Coleman in his massive display of skill and technique today not bagging on him i mean he's he's been a, he's a wonderful captain but like you gotta fully commit to the idea i think or not and and maybe maybe carlos misjudging gilfie he thinks he's just because gilfie has some tactical savviness maybe he's overrating his intellect versus his athleticism i i, I don't know right. i'm just asking the question because i think what owen's getting at you know what i'm saying hames is 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 very interesting. It's kind of where we are as a club. And I don't know when you make that transition, but Carlo Ancelotti is not going to play a team that sits back all day and, 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 you know, fires low, long crosses from deep on the counter. It's just not, I mean, this is the guy who managed a Chelsea team that won the league with like a hundred goals and a goal differential of like plus 71. It's not yeah. going to happen, man. And I know their personnel is better that he inherited, but at one point we got to make that transition. Maybe, maybe he was a little bit, aggressive today. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I mean, I think Owen, I, I think he has a lot of good opinions on, on football and I know he's also a, uh, he giant loves, Sean Dyche fan.
0: Oh, he loves Burnley. He loves sitting yeah. back and frustrating teams, which there's merit to the way that's playing. Totally. Looking, but, on, but, yeah. and,
1: it, and I mean, look, what I will say is all throughout December, we had basically the four center backs playing across the back line and we did kind of play a more reserved style and look to break And it worked to some extent. We weren't dominating the ball. We were maybe getting some undeserved, quote unquote, wins at times by nicking goals, winning one nil, winning ugly. But that's what it takes in this league that's been such a roller coaster is you start with the strong foundation. You don't concede and maybe you get a goal or two and hope to win. And I think Newcastle is certainly not a game. I think if we had come out and we had sat back against Newcastle within 20 minutes everyone would have been up in arms freaking out now had we got a 1-0 result against newcastle by doing that i still think people would have been frustrated but i think the result is obviously overshadows the style of play and i think that's what's really gotten us by and given what what Carlo has been given so much credit for is he's been getting the results irrespective of the style of play
0: well i think you look at it and say look if we were playing this expansive way and creating chances and still losing against some of these teams you would say it because that's the trade-off you know you're sacrificing right. chances to create chances of your own i'm not seeing that though and that's yeah. that's really the the good point there too like look Leicester, we shut them down they really had no great opportunities and we did neither. Fine. Perfectly reasoned against Leicester. We took them out of something they didn't want to do. What about the teams that like to sit back against us? You know, Wolves, we had no business winning that game. I mean, we showed some character to do it, but but really Wolves like to sit back. So we took that away from them a little bit, you know, and let them try and play with the ball. Uh, And they were missing key. That's the other thing, too, man. They were missing key guys like Daniel Podence wasn't there a guy that is athletic that can hold the ball and carry it in front of our defensive mids. We struggle with that guy, just like Almiron played pretty well today. He was kind of effective. It wasn't perfect. I mean, he's, he's a sloppy player at times, but I, but I think about that like West Ham fine. We played a little more expansive at times. What was our XG like 0.5? We created nothing. You know, we're not creating chances. It's all set piece crap. Um, Sheffield, we beat them one nil. Yeah. Did we way out chance them? No. I mean, it's clearly a problem that we have, you know, it's clearly a problem we have. Um, So We've got to make that change in some fashion, but I just, maybe this lineup isn't the one to do it. Maybe Carlo's realizing that that also leads us to something else. Let's talk about the window.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the window before we do that. I mean, I just want to kind of add to that, that last point you made and like, look, the first few games of the season, we're shipping goals, but we're scoring enough that it doesn't really matter. And so we take a step back and we say, okay, let's shore things up and stop conceding and, and be more pragmatic offensively and, and it worked for a while today we saw kind of the worst of both worlds where, I mean, we defended okay, but we conceded. And then even though we were playing, maybe trying to play more expansively, we weren't successful. And so it just, we need to kind of regroup, I think, refocus. And uh, again, the games continue to come just as quickly. So there's no time to rest. There's no time to dilly dally. But as you said, Ryan, the transfer window. So some significant news in the last several days, which we've mentioned the pod we've had three guys looks like three guys will leave four guys before the end of the window um and that's going and as of yet we have no incoming players so
0: we have not uh, yet i mean we've seen you know again it's silly season so we get silly rumors you know like nikola maximovich is continually linked to us from napoli that's not happening folks i mean you know some of these you just got to shake your head and be like nah man i'll tell you what nick de la cruz from river i'm just telling you we'll talk about We'll talk about these things as they happen, you know, in, in case you don't know, Thomas and I do a lot of research on these guys and talk about it. That's our thing. Um, and I'm sure we'll be back probably in Toffee TV, maybe midweek, uh, certainly back with the pod yes. as things happen. We'll probably do a wrap up of the table or of the transfer window. I'll give you probably more information that you'd ever care. Um, yeah. The, out, the outgoings first one's Yannick Belasi, you know, reunited with old palace boss, Neil Warnock. It's alone. I mean, he's on 75 K a week. We think, I don't know how much they'll pay. I've seen mixed information from that, but look, I mean, he wasn't registered anyway. So that's at this point, we already made our decision on the player. That's free money. I hope he does well. It'd be very interesting. You know, it's a loan. Suddenly Yonick's on a free in the summer. It'd be very fascinating to see where he goes. I hope crowds are back in some places because he is quite the entertainer. I don't know what your thoughts on that one are.
1: Look, just, it's been a long time coming. He probably should have been gone two or three years ago won't say anything bad about him because he seems like a really strong character and a nice guy an entertainer as you said ryan but uh if we can get any of his wages off the books it's a win in my book same thing for jonas lossell who has returned to uh midgilland. is that midgilland it's midgilland. fun to say okay it's fun to nice. say man it is it's fun. His, his former club and it looks like they will uh it's a loan correct ryan oh no it's a free transfer excuse me <clears throat> yeah. um there's 28k a week off the books a million and a half in wages per year One of the I guess he was uh Robin olsen 1.0 and then we got Robin olsen 2.0 the the successor/ slash competition to Pickford that never panned out at all. <clears throat> One of the more baffling ones we had uh Jordan from uh the, the the Spurs pod that we did reach out to us and ask like what's the deal with with Lussel? and it's, he never gotten anywhere near unseating Pickford for more than like a single <coughs> single match.
0: Yeah, it's kind of strange. And so I, I don't know. I know the backup keeper I think got hurt for land but Jesper Hansen's their starter. I mean he's he's 35. So and I think he's 36 in March. So now Lossell's no spring chicken either, but he's 31 and, and he was there too in their academy. I think he was playing for their youth teams. I don't, I don't think he came up there necessarily, but yeah, it's kind of, I guess, a little bit of a homecoming for them and he'll, he'll probably do very well for them. You know, they're top of the table now, at least tied with it. They're always in competition for it and Lossell will get us some chance to play, um, to play some European football. Now I will say this, this is the advantages of signing a guy, even though we sign him on a free at being on a manageable wage. Because suddenly you've got a much broader array of teams that you could possibly move him to. So I think this is the right move. There's no reason why Joe Virginia can't be the third keeper. Um, There's no reason to carry this kind of wage on the books. We had too many keepers as is, and I hope it works out for him. I got nothing negative to say about the guy at all. I kind of wonder if he was going to go to inter Miami though. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's just the, the CBA breaking down and the labor issues with MLS which could provide opportunity for us on a loan, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, I think that may have driven it a little bit. And then then it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like it's changed a little bit. Jenk, we may have some movement there.
1: Yeah, so it was looking like he may end up at West Brom, linked with redacted name. It looked like he may end up at Palace. <laughs> I believe most recently, I think right after the match, it was Confirmed that he'd be heading to Basictus and that he was on a private plane. Um,
0: I've heard that too. I mean, because initially, like CSKA came in, and yep. I, th- I thought that would be an interesting mix, uh, Celta Vigo. But I, I don't think that's Alan Myers reported that. But I, I think that was more they were interested. I think in the summer a little bit. I mean, the thing about Jenk is he's he's on big wages at you know 60 k or something. But but he is a benefit to any team because he does have a big following in Turkey uh, right. and and is an established international. Um, I think he'll be okay in certain schemes. He's not that bad. I know we tend to slate some of these guys when they're not playing. But yeah, is it? I mean, it looks like he's going back to Besiktas on loan. Um, yeah. I know they wanted us to pay a big chunk of his wages, but then he would come back to us and has a year left. I wonder if there's an option to buy. It's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean look, clear that he has no real future at Everton. He was barely getting game time despite our our shortage. Yeah uh, with with Calvert Lewin out. He couldn't even get in the striker spot, starting striker spot for more than a single match. So again, another guy who seems like a nice enough person, wish him all the best, would never say a bad word about him other than I don't think he's uh what we need at the striker position. And I don't think he yeah. ever really was, aside from that those that like a shot in the arm that he gave us when he first arrived
0: yeah you just don't i mean you can't buy like that you know yeah. uh, i mean i understand that you needed a shot in the arm there but there's so many other logical options that would have been cheaper than walcott and jank but instead you've burdened the club with you know 20 plus 20 million 40 million pounds in transfer fees in january forget about mangala's 100k a week that we took on that january too Stevie i mean the poor Maltz. guy yeah i mean he got hurt i mean look ac walls could scout but you know clearly there wasn't um, somehow, you know, the, the guy who should not be named had convinced everyone that we we're in such dire straits, even though we we're tied for 12th and two points out of ninth. But but the point is, and then you burden these guys with, you know, Walcott was on 100K a week, Cenk on 60K. You start doing the math on that. Those are five-year deals for those guys or four-and-a-half-year deals. I mean, that is a massive outlay. That That is the quintessential way that you cannot do business like this, unless you're already an established club and you're really trying to get over the hump. I mean, it's just... Not wise. There are much more cost-effective options there. And that's exactly what Brands talks about in terms of teams being desperate in January. Why you don't want to do it. Uh, the Bernard saga is pretty interesting because yes. sure enough, Fabrizio jumped in here. Pretty interesting deal here, I think.
1: Yeah. So it looks like, as we mentioned on the last show, Al Nazar now in advanced talks per Fabrizio with Everton to sign Bernard agreed with personal terms, negotiations i guess on the uh the transfer fee roma are fully out so it's it's uh alnazor or bust at this point it's pretty
0: interesting uh this is an interesting club it's one that i know a
1: little bit about coincidentally I don't know how
0: that happened, but it's true. Um, I'm not cla- me. I mean, I'm not claiming to be an expert in UAE football, but uh, yes, recently I've done some dabbling in that area. So uh, this is a club I know pretty well. Uh, so their manager, Jersik, um, he came from Zagreb, uh al nasser the other one ironically geez he loves (laughs) spelled differently of course um in saudi um but yeah i mean so he's in his second season the problem that i had was when he got linked initially i was like that doesn't make any sense because they already has foreign guys in in where bernard would play so the way it works over there is you can register as many foreign players as you want but you only have four on the pitch at once and they're big and they're like a really good offensive team so he always plays like four two three one or four four two but it's pressure and fast and and so they got a couple guys ryan mendez Usually is on the left. And Branley Kuwas is the guy on the right. And they're both pretty good. And they've got this other guy, Dia Sabo, who plays in the middle. And so they're fun to watch. They've got like the highest XG in, in the league. So it seems like, wow, yeah, Bernard would be a perfect fit. I mean, he's definitely at another level of these guys. But you can't I mean, you can't play unless you're going to get rid of guys. And uh, even though it's a perfect match, they love to dribble and get forward. That's great. Sure enough, two days ago, what happened? Branley Kuwas shipped over on loan to Al Jazeera. So I can't help but think this one has legs. Um, I think he's going to do fabulously well there. And the good part is that, look, you know, he's got a year and a half left. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll rip up his current contract and he'll sign a new deal. Uh, Roma's out. Like we mentioned before, we've been all over that one when they got El Shar way back, then it's, it's over. Um, but that leads us to incomings. I mean, surely we cannot leave and lose Jank and Bernard. Although the one thing I will say is Everyone's saying, Well, we haven't really been linked to anyone. How are we gonna get a deal done so quickly? I mean, what do we think Marcel Brands
1: does all day? Twiddles his thumb, sits at his desk. Carlos about, Carlo buys the players, man. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, look, we're in trouble, I think, if we don't bring anyone in. Um, and I think you know, today kind of emphasizes that, but yeah beyond those first attacking players that we had on the pitch today there's very little variability unless you plan on giving anthony gordon a ton of minutes in the second half of the season for a team that in theory is still very much in the fight for europe we're gonna need another guy to come in that can hopefully someone with a little bit of versatility can play at striker maybe out wide as well um i don't think we'll be able to bring in more than one person so (laughs) I think the you're losing two offensive players in an already thin offensive side. So without that extra depth, I'm a little worried about what happens. Not so much if we, that we need someone, but if anyone else gets hurt, if Dominic Calvert-Lewin hurts his hamstring again or anything like that, what the heck do we do?
0: We need someone. I'm going to flat out say it. I have never once for a second, my friend thought that we wouldn't move for someone never, ever. I I mean, look, just look at brands' history. I think it's 30th, Ryan. It's January 30th. As we speak. No problem, man. This is Marcel. No, look, I mean, clearly he's been working stuff again, not twiddling his thumbs. Um, But I think, I think your point is right. So when we did our monster January episode, we talked about major needs. So defensive mid was the number one we said, but that had to be like a beginning of the window loan move because Alon's hurt. We have gaps. We have issues. Well, you saw it today. And if you're not going to play Godfrey there, I mean, uh, what more indictment could there be? And you, t- and Carlo talked about spirit upfront. Well, spirit and athleticism would have been helpful today and we showed none of it. So fine. We say, Allen's going to come back. We say JPG is going to be training. He could be a st- spot starter. Fine. We're not going to have a defensive mid. What else did we say? We said right side somewhere. We argued whether it should be right back or right wing. There are loanies out there that we could do it and we got to get some sort of attacking striker. So I don't know. Is it someone with positional versatility? And again, we could do two loans if we bought Robin Olson. Um, I think because we're limited ultimately in terms of domestic loans for sure. Um, In terms of registration, I think on a, on a, on a, on a daily, you know, match basis, I think I got to go look up the numbers. If we can have more than two, but, but they changed all the loan rules this year. So that is part of the issue, but that's always an option if we're restricted in terms of number, but boy, I mean, we we really could use. We I mean, just saw it. We're out of ideas. We weren't listening to Carlo when we clearly, like it'd be nice for him to bring one or two guys in on loan that had already kind of bought into him, you know, that got it, that were happy to be here, that could provide initiative, energy, good ideas. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I'm hoping we do. As it happens, my friends, we will be back here with you to talk about it. Please check out our Monster January episode. We also walk through some of the outgoings and stuff and pot- potential ingoings, including Xerxes on Toffee TV USA. And again, if you have not subscribed to Toffee TV, do it. What are you doing? Man? What, are you what are you doing? What are you doing? Get it together. This is a little therapeutic for me. I'm still pretty angry, I got to admit. But um, thank you, everyone, for listening. James, uh, you want to take us home and with some parting yeah. thoughts?
1: Appreciate everyone listening, especially after a frustrating match like today was I, for one, I'm looking forward to having a couple days where I don't have to worry about what, how Everton are going to disappoint me next. Although at the end of the window, you never know. Maybe they, maybe Marcel does have a couple tricks up his sleeve. I'm still thinking we won't. What was that? Go go Uh, ahead. So
0: uh, one thing that's worth mentioning is we're not naming a man of the match after today. No. Let me tell you why because of the shrewd guidance of our guardo camino captain america himself american toffee stalwart tony sampson there you go buddy indeed They're listening to you because that's what we do we're bringing a the community together
1: they listen to you we listen to you too buddy amen to that and so thanks to everyone for listening that's going to do it for us if you would do us a massive favor and leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Otherwise, if you would like to follow us on social media or join our Discord, all of those links can be found at linktree USA Toffee Pod. And until next time, up the toffees